The enemy's tried to steal two things from God's people. He's tried to steal worship. How many know that the enemy doesn't care if you worship Satan? He just doesn't want you to worship God. So when we come in this room, guess what we're going to do? We're, we're, we're not going to talk about us. Listen, there's all kinds of songs about us. But we don't sing those here. You know why? Because we, when we gather here, we want to focus our attention vertically and worship our creator. He's wanted to steal worship, and he's wanted to steal the word. The first thing the enemy said to a human being was, did God really say? See, what he wants to do is plant a seed of doubt in your mind about what, what God's word says. So here's what we're going to do. And we started at the very beginning of the year. We started at the very beginning of the year with, with this idea, this word, illuminate. Because what we believe is that God's word really is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And as he illuminates your heart and your soul, that that light will shine in a very dark place. And that's, that's what we believe God's called us to do here, is to be illuminated by God's word and then shine that light in our world. So we're going to start a brand new series today on the book of Psalms. Now there's 150 Psalms. We can't talk about them all today. We can't talk about them all this month. We can't talk them all about all of them this year. Here's what I hope to do. I was having a meeting with our associate pastor, Matthew Robertson, and he was like, tell me what this series is going to be all about. What I hope this does, I hope that this causes you to want to go home and dig into this book on your own. Yeah. What I hope happens is that it, it causes you to want to dig in to some See, what Psalms really is, is a beautiful collection of poetry and songs written by a lot of different people. David wrote about half of them. And so what we're going to do starting today is dig into one of them. And I'd like to even go through the whole thing, but we can't. We don't have time to go through the whole thing, so I'm going to give you four verses. And so what I hope you do is that God just jumps in your soul with these four verses in such a way you want to go home and dig into the rest. All right, here we go. Psalm, um, yeah. As I'm digging into these psalms, I saw, and I knew he was there, but he just illuminated himself in such a beautiful way. How many know that every story in the Bible points to one thing? Actually, every story in the Bible points to one person. Jesus is all in the psalms. And as I'm digging into this psalm that we're going to talk about today, I saw Jesus. And in, in maybe a way I'd never, and the psalm we're going to talk about has been a go-to for me. In fact, the psalms are my go-to. Like if I need to pray, if I need to just get along with God, I, I usually turn to the book of Psalms. Because there's so much wealth, there's so much wisdom, there's so much worship in the psalms. So we're going to be in Psalm 91. Today. And here's the interesting thing about Psalm 91. We have no idea who wrote it. Some uh, Bible scholars believe David wrote it. Some believe Moses wrote it. But the truth is we don't really know who wrote it. Your study Bible may point to an author, but we really aren't sure who wrote it. And why is that important? As we dig into this, you know what we're going to see? This, isn't, this is about everybody that's ever lived needs a secret place. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to start with Psalm 91, verse 1. It'll be on the screen behind me. It's in your bulletin. It says, those who live 
in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Anybody need a little rest? I, here's, I, I love the King James, the way the King James reads it. Listen, King James says it this way. He that dwelleth in the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Somebody may need a secret place. That Hebrew word there is sather. And here's what it literally means. It, sometimes it's translated secret place. Sometimes it's translated shelter. Sometimes it's translated hiding place. Sometimes it's translated covering. You know which one it means? All of them. See, our, our English language doesn't have the depth that the Hebrew language has. And so the truth is, what, when we read those who live in the shelter, what we're really reading is those that live in a secret, hiding, sheltering, covering of the Most High. So we're going to talk about a safe space. We're going to talk about a safe space. I read, um, I read this passage. And oh, by the way, this first little deal that I'm going to talk to you about should have been a fill-in, but it wasn't. So if you, want, if you note-takers can write this down. The safe space is a choice. You get to choose this safe space. Matthew Henry wrote this. He said, he that by faith chooses God for his protector shall find all in him that he needs or can desire. And those who have found the comfort of making the Lord their refuge cannot but desire that others may do so. What does that sound like? Sounds like God wants us to find this safe place and then help somebody else find it. Sort of sounds like our word, doesn't it? Here's what I'm learning is that all safe spaces are exclusive. In other words, not everybody belongs in every safe space. Safe spaces are a big deal on college campuses right now. And, and listen, I, I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm getting ready to say. For, for those in our, in our society that have been marginalized, and they need a place. We, I need a place. We all need a safe space, okay? But the truth of the matter is, oh, by the way, let me just say this. I'm going to get off on a little rabbit trail, and I don't mean to, um, but I, this is kind of a hot button for me. Um, and I've got to be careful how I explain why it's a hot button because I, I don't want you to think something that I don't think. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that that's how God intended us to be. In other words, just get in our own little huddles away from everybody else. And, and sometimes that's what these safe spaces can become. And I, I, I get it. We need those. But I'm just of the opinion that we live better together. I'm of the opinion that even in our, I look across this room, there's a lot of different folks here. And, and listen, we don't agree on everything. Right? We don't agree on, uh, on, on political stuff. We don't agree on social stuff. We don't agree on everything. But isn't it cool when people who are diverse come together and live together? That's how it's supposed to be, by the way. There's this beautiful passage in Revelation that talks about what heaven's going to look like. And it's, there's this throng of people from every tribe and nation and tongue and people. And we worship together. We ought to be able to do that on earth. Come on, somebody. So I... I'm not saying that we don't need those safe spaces. I'm just saying we live better together. 
It's a, it's a, for instance, you know, let's, let's say that um, in, the, in the 80s, Christians tried to do this. We tried to create a space where we could have our own little holy bubble. It's called Heritage USA. Anybody remember that? It was, Heritage USA was this amusement park only for Christians. And you could go there and you could ride a water slide and the bumper cars and roller coasters and go to Christian concerts. And it was colossal failure for many reasons. First of all, because that's not what Jesus intended us to do. He didn't intend for us to go gather as the body of Christ in some little holy huddle away from all the evil people. Did he? No. It's, we're together. He, you might say, is, is the church a safe place? Well, it is. But it's still exclusive, right? Not everybody's safe in the church. Guess what? You walk in here in a black road, start screaming, Satan is God, somebody's going to politely ask you to leave. <laughs> right? So it's exclusive. Um, my home is a safe place. If you belong there and or are invited there. If, if you are, come in my home uninvited my safe place is going to rapidly become an unsafe place for somebody. You can infer by context who the somebody will be. Right? See, in order for a safe space to be safe, you need to be able to identify with the purpose for which the space was created. Right? Let me see if I can explain it. Let's say that there was a safe space that was created for Georgia Tech fans. They would not invite me nor want me there. Okay? Let's say there was a safe space for Chevy lovers. They usually meet on the side of the road. Sometimes... Sometimes. So this safe space that we're going to talk about this morning is a choice. God's not going to force it on you. You get to choose. But in order for the safe space to be safe for you, you must identify with the creator of the space. So let's, let's dive in. Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of of the Almighty. If you're taking notes, I want you to circle that word live because here's the truth. You don't visit a safe space. You live there. I lived a large portion of my early Christian experience visiting the safe space. In other words, I like what I felt when I went to church on Sunday morning, but I was somebody altogether different the rest of the week. Does that resonate with anybody? You walk in the door, you like what you feel, you like the song, you like the sermon, you like all of that, and, and, and you, know, you feel a connection with the God of the universe, but when you leave, you kind of leave the safe space behind you. See, I'm, I'm going to challenge you that in order for this safe space, in order for you and I to find rest in the shadow of the Almighty, we got to live there. There was a time... When I could go to this little gray house on Heritage Valley Road in Norcross after a long, hard day at work 
and I could walk in the front door and I could greet my wife and give her a hug and we could have a nice dinner and I could go upstairs and find rest at that little house on Heritage Valley Road in Norcross. If I go there tonight and walk in the front door and say, oh, I'm so glad to be here. I need rest. Bad things happen. Do you know why? I don't live there anymore. I find rest where I live. You might, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but we went on a cruise. Did I mention that at all? Have I said that at all in the last two weeks? Have I mentioned that? And, and listen, it was wonderful and it was glorious. But you know what? Even, even in a glorious place like that, it's not home. You don't, you don't live there. I remember waking up in the middle of the night going, where am I and where's the bathroom? <laughs> right? You, you, it's, just this, it's just not there. And, you, and maybe you ask yourself after you've been following the Lord, why don't I, why don't I feel right doing the same thing I used to do, going to the same places I used to do, used to go. Why don't I feel comfortable doing that stuff with the, with, with, at those places that I used? You don't live there anymore. That's why it doesn't feel right. See, I want to I live in the shelter of the Almighty. I don't want to just pass through. I don't want to just visit the secret place. I want to live there. He said you can hide in the shadow. And, and you know, I, I read that and I thought, you know, I, I tend to be a critical thinker. In other words, I don't, I don't like to take things at face value. I like to dig a little deeper. Anybody else like that? You like to ask questions? Just me? Okay. Whew. I was worried there for a second. And, and so I'm like, Lord, living in, your, in, in the shadow, does that, what, is, what does that really look like? And so I looked a little deeper into that word, and, and it's, it's not like, you know, you see my shadow behind me. That's, that's really not what it's talking about. It's, it's if, if I were to ask you to come into my home, if it's raining and it's dark and it's stormy, and I were to say, I want you to come into my house to find shelter in the shadow of my roof. See, that's what God is saying. If you want to live in this house, you'll find rest. God's house, God's presence, God's place. There's a place you can live. There's a place you can experience the goodness and mercy and rest of God, but it is a choice. I told you that you find Jesus in Psalm 91. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15. He said, I'm divine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. That word is abide, and it literally means remain, it literally means if you live in me. I, I, I guess I could be so bold and say maybe the problem that you're having, maybe the reason your life isn't working, maybe the reason it's not all coming together is you're, you're not living in Jesus, you're just visiting him. You've just explored him. I've had people tell me, you know, I've, I've tried that Jesus thing and it didn't work for me. Okay, Jesus isn't something you try. I've tried that Jesus thing and it just... Didn't, listen, you, you showed up for a meal. You visited that shelter, 
but you didn't live there. And I don't mean that in a judgmental, uh, harsh way because I, I did that, y'all. I, I, I visited him on Sunday, and I lived somewhere else the rest of the week. And it was miserable. I never found rest in the shadow of the Almighty until I made his presence my residence. And I believe that's what God's calling us to do as, as his followers, as his people, is to make him our home. Let's keep reading. Psalm 91, verse 2. He said, This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. My safe space is in Christ alone. One of my favorite songs of all time is like 30 years old now. And it came in my life at a time when I was, you know, I committed my life to Christ but these words just resonated with me and helped me understand that he's got to be my everything. And it's, it's a song, 30 years old. I'll read you a verse. It says, In Christ alone will I glory, for only by his grace I am redeemed. Only his tender mercy could reach beyond my weakness to my need. Can you resonate with that? Now I seek no greater honor than just to know him more and to count my gains but losses to the glory of the Lord. In Christ alone I place my trust. Find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. I I, I'm begging you, if you leave this church this morning and all that you take with you is a song or a sermon, we have miserably failed. What I hope you take with you is this truth, that the only hope for humanity, the only hope for my life, for my family, for my future is an existence, an abiding, a remaining in Christ alone. Only Him. Only Him. <laughs> the interesting thing about this passage we just read is there's two titles for God. He said, this I declare about the Lord. He is my God. Two titles. And, and you and I read across that and we think, well, he's just talking about the same thing. But he's, it's really two completely different, different titles. He's, he says... This I declare about the Lord. That's God's proper name in the Old Testament. It's Jehovah, Yahweh. It's the proper name for God. And then it's Lord. And, I mean, then it's God. And what that literally means is, you know, how I many you know in the Old Testament there were lots of gods, little g gods? He said, he's my God. And what he's saying is, he's the one that calls the shots. He's the one that's in control. So listen, I, I need you to understand, you can live in the safe space, or you can call the shots and be in control, but you can't do both. When he said, he is my God, that's a declaration of control. 
It's lordship. We sang it this morning. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. It's a declaration of control. And so I'm going to submit to you this morning, if, if God isn't in control, you're not in the safe space. And I don't mean that as, you know, God's going to get you. Because that's not the heart. The heart of God is to draw you into the secret place, under the shelter of the Almighty. That's his heart, is to draw you into that place where, he can, where you can find rest. You know, the interesting thing, there's two titles for Jesus, too. Actually, there's a bunch, but, but two that we typically, we, we say Jesus is Savior and Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit to you that it's easy to look at Jesus as Savior and say, I, I'm in love with the grace and love and mercy of, of Jesus. But you can't really know Him as Savior unless you also know Him as Lord. See, we like the idea of the the romantic part of the mercy and grace and forgiveness of Christ until he tells us that we must also pick up a cross and follow him. I'm going to tell you that if you really want to find that safe space, I want you to know Jesus not just as Savior, not just as the forgiver of your sins, but as Lord. Do you know him as Lord? Does he call the shots in your life. Jesus asked a sobering question in Luke chapter 6, and it's, it's hard to read and it's hard to hear. He said, why do you keep calling me Lord when you don't do what I say? Isn't that challenging? Why, why do you wear the t-shirt? Why do you put the Jesus fish on the back of your car when you don't do what I say, when you don't let me have control, when you don't walk in surrender. Why do you go through the motions if it's not real? And I know that's hard to hear, but I'm going to challenge you this morning. If, if, if that's you, if you've, if you've just following Jesus in name only, I'm not trying to throw a dagger at you. I'm pleading with you that you're missing out on the safe space. You're missing out hiding in the shelter of the Almighty because you're not surrendered your life to Christ. You don't know, you don't know Him as Savior and Lord. And Donna said it well. Look, look at what... Look what the passage says. He said, He is my God and I trust Him. The word is trust. See, here was the question in my mind. I told you I was a critical thinker. Here was the question in my mind when, when God is calling me to a life of surrender is, why? Why would I lay down my hopes and my dreams and my plans and the, the things that I want to do with my life and surrender them to Jesus? And it all boils down to one thing. I trust him. because He knows me better than I know myself. And he's proven that time and time again over the last four decades. There's really only one reason you won't surrender to Christ. 
There's really only one reason you won't stop following him in name only and, and, and give him complete control. There's really only one reason is you don't trust him. And so I would just submit to you this one question. What else does he have to do to prove himself to you? He left the splendor of heaven, walked this earth for 33 years, and suffered, bled, and died so you could know him as Savior and Lord. Let's, let's keep reading. Verse 3 says, For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. You're a candidate for eternal rescue. You're a candidate for eternal rescue. What's the operative word there? Eternal. But there is a trap. 1 Peter chapter 5 says it this way, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. How many understand that there is an enemy and he would love to see you defeated and destroyed? And Of course he would. That's his job. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his job. I read Charles Spurgeon. He said it this way. Charles Spurgeon said, We are foolish and weak as poor little birds and are very apt to to be lured to our destruction by cunning foes. But if we dwell near to God, he will see to it. The most skillful deceiver shall not entrap us. So what's the key to not falling into the trap of the devil? To hide ourselves in the shelter of the Almighty. And I'm reading that verse and I struggle with part of it. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I struggled with part of it when it said, He will protect you from deadly disease. Let's take a straw poll. If you know someone, someone you loved that lost their life and they loved God but lost their life to a deadly disease, raise your hand. Wow. So what, how do we, how do we, how do we balance that? That he's going to protect us from deadly disease, but almost everybody in this room said, someone I know that loved God lost their life to a deadly disease. How does that so either Psalm 91 is a lie, or we got to look a little deeper. So I looked a little deeper. You're welcome. <laughs> that, that phrase, deadly disease, in King James is a noisome pestilence. Now, you probably haven't used the word noisome this week. But I'm going to ask you a question. If... If someone looked at you and go, you're probably the most noisome person I know. Is that a compliment? No. No, no. So already we know that it's, it's not a good thing. A noisome pestilence. What, is that, what does that really mean? What is the essence of that word, that noisome pestilence? It really is a bunch of different words. It really means a wicked, perverse, mischievous sickness or a condition of calamity. That word, that phrase deadly disease literally means an evil sickness. So I'm going to submit to you that there's only one sickness that'll kill you forever. There's only one sickness 
that'll kill you forever. And what the psalmist said, if you'll hide yourself in the shelter of the Almighty, I'll protect you from the evil sickness. Well, what's the evil sickness? The question is, why did Jesus come? Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 11. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus had a wonderful answer. He said, Those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. Jesus came because you and I had an evil sickness. Jesus came because you and I had a sickness that no pill, no shot, no vaccine. Ooh, I get tomatoes thrown at me. Could cure. And Psalm 91 says, I'll protect you from that evil, perverse sickness. That psalm is pointing to a cure. There is a medicine, and his name is Jesus. And the sickness is sin, and he came to abolish it forever to protect you from the evil sickness. That's a lot worse than cancer. That's a lot worse than diabetes. It's a lot worse than COVID. It's a lot worse than all of these deadly diseases that we think of. It's an eternal sickness, and he came to eradicate it permanently oh that's good news y'all man please get that please understand that you don't have you don't have to be subject to the evil sickness of sin jesus can not only forgive you from it he can save you from it and and guess what you don't have to live there anymore thank you jesus aren't you glad those of you that have fallen in love with Jesus and you've surrendered your life to Him, aren't you glad that you don't have to live in that anymore? Aren't you glad that Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death is what the New Testament said? Aren't you glad that He cured you from this evil disease? Because, oh, by the way, left to our own devices, we die with it forever. It's the deadliest of diseases. And oh, by the way, the next time you take it upon yourself to point out somebody else's evil sickness, just remember where you were. Don't you dare forget the great lengths Christ went to save you from your sickness. And just because it looks different than somebody else's sickness, it was just as deadly. <laughs> Aren't you glad? that the great physician showed up. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 4 says, He will cover you with His feathers. <laughs> I told you I'm a critical thinker, so I, I Googled that. And I came across this video. He will cover you with his feathers he'll shelter you with his wings his faithful promises are your armor and protection he will cover you with his feathers he will shelter you with his wings and what you might not see what you might not recognize in that little video is that mama eagle is covering a whole bunch of eaglets 
under, those, under the shelter of her wings. And it doesn't matter how bad the storm gets. It doesn't matter how hard the wind blows. It doesn't matter how turbulent the environment becomes. She's not going to move. And I need you to understand this. Maybe you're in the middle of a turbulent time. Maybe you're in the middle of a, of a season you just don't understand. Maybe you're in the middle of a time when your world seems unstable. Jesus came to offer you protection, to offer you provision and shelter, regardless of how hard the storm blows, regardless of how turbulent the time gets. He's not going to move. What, I, that, that video is about four minutes long, and I can't show you the whole thing, but it, it, if you were to watch the whole video, in, a, in one particular place, you're going to see this little bitty eaglet that tries to sneak his way out from underneath his mama's wings. Guess what? That was Dwayne. You know, there was a time when I, I wanted to do my own thing. I bet some of y'all can resonate with that. Oh, but guess what? Guess what Jesus did? He just fluffed his arms, fluffed his wings a little bit and just drew me back in. And I'm going to tell you that that's what Christ wants to do in your life. That's what your heavenly father, that's the safe space. It's in the presence of almighty God. And it's only available through the door of Christ Jesus. And when we walk through that door, there is protection and provision. You know something else about that video that you, don't, you probably haven't noticed yet? There's provision there. There's two dead catfish laying right there in in the nest. And you know what that's for? When the storm's over, there's provision available. The, 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 the mama eagle has already taken care of the next meal. I need you to understand that when Jesus, when God the Father said, I want to hide you under the shelter of my wings, it wasn't just to protect you from the evil people of the world. It's to give you rest and safety and protection and provision so you can leave this place today and be salt and light in a broken world. Because sooner or later, guess what? The storm's going to end. Just as they all do. The storm is going to end. And there's going to come a point when those eagles are going to be tasked to go and raise families of their own. Right? You've got a job to do in this world. And it's not just to go find some Christian amusement park and ride water slides and bumper cars with other Jesus people. It's to find strength and provision under the shelter of his wings. And be salt and light to a broken world. So if you take a note, you can write this down. God's promises bring stability to an unstable world. God's promises bring stability to an unstable world. And how many know our world's unstable? Yes. Can I ask you a question? I'm asking the wrong group of people. How many of you sometimes just don't feel stable? Like your world's, you know, you feel like you, you need to get propped up more than you're propping somebody else up. Sooner or later, those little eagles, you know what they're going to do? They're going to provide shelter for somebody else. What you and I are called to do is to let the light and protection and provision of Christ 
fill our soul so you and I can help Jesus bring stability to an unstable world. The last thing Jesus said on the planet, the last thing he said was go. Go. But don't worry, I'm with you always. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. I'm going to come play. Thank you, Lord, for your shelter and your provision. Thank you, Lord, that we have a hiding place. Thank you, Lord, that we have a secret place. And thank you, Lord, that even though it's an exclusive space, you have opened it up to the world. God, you've offered the world an opportunity to hide ourselves under the shelter of the Almighty. Thank you for the door to protection and provision that is Christ Jesus. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I just can't help but feel like there's a couple different groups of people in the room today. And I'd like to pray for, for both of you, both groups. And, and listen, before I get started, I would, I'm, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you come up here. But I, I do in my heart believe that there's, there's two groups of people here. And I, I believe the first group of people are those that you, you wear the name Christian and you believe in the Son of God and you believe in Jesus. You believe in His teachings. But you'd say, Dwayne, if truth be told, I'm not following Him. I'm, he's not Lord. I wear the name, but I'm not following you. He's not Lord. I've, I've asked him to be Savior, but I've not committed my life to him as Lord. He's not in control. So I would challenge you today, if that's you, I'm not asking you to give Jesus a try. not asking you to give Jesus a try. I'm asking you to take up residence in his house. To hide yourself in the secret place that's where he calls the shots. He's in control. And I'll make a promise to you. You can trust him. He knows what he's doing, and he knows you better than you know yourself. So if you're here today, and, and you say, Dwayne, I, I, I follow, I, he, I wear the name. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you're here, and you say, Dwayne, I've never made a commitment to Christ. But today, I'll, I want to know him as Savior and Lord. I want to pray for you today. Or maybe you're in the room, and and your world's gotten a little unstable. 
Here's what I believe God wants to do for you today. I believe God wants to wrap his feathers around you and hold you close in his protection and provision. See, there's there's a time when you're going to have to go through the storm, but it's okay. Listen to me. It's okay to let Jesus hide you from the storm for a little while. It's okay to let Jesus hide you from from the stuff that's going on. And you just say, Dwayne, I I just need the Holy Spirit to wrap his love, his, his arms of love and compassion around me, hold me close in the middle of this storm. I just want to pray for you today. Not that there's any special power in pastor's prayer, but I I do believe that that the Lord instructed me to pray for those particular groups of people today. So if if you fit into either one of those groups of people, nobody's looking around. Listen, I I know we always say don't look around, and and we always do, but I'm going to ask you this morning not to look around. If you say, Dwayne, if if you're in either of those groups of people, I want you to pray for me. I just want you to put your hand in the air real quickly. Amen. Amen. That's okay. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name. Some of us are making a declaration this morning that we need to trust you with our life, with our existence, and call you Lord and let you call the shots. And so today we ask for forgiveness of our sin. We ask that you would wash us and cleanse us in the blood of the cross. And from this day forward, we take up our cross and we follow you. We make you Lord of our life. We turn away from our sin and turn toward the cross. And Lord, there are those this morning, right now, who are in a battle, in a storm. And so God, I pray that just like the eagle covers her children, God, that the power of the Holy Spirit would overshadow men and women and and young people this morning. We would find rest in the secret place. Jesus' name. you to stand to your feet and sing it as a declaration. Do you believe he's stronger? you believe he's powerful? you believe he's greater? Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our 
God. Come on, I want you to lift your voice as a declaration. Our God. Because our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Now, if you believe it, I want you to offer the Lord an ovation of praise. That'd be awesome if you were at a golf match, but we're talking about the God of the universe. I wish you'd offer him an ovation of praise. Yes, yes, thank you, Jesus. God, we worship you. Thank you for being a strong and mighty and powerful God. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome afternoon.